1: And good morning, football fans. A hump day edition of Birds 365 with the Mackamac guys. Yours truly being Jody McDonald. My partner being John McMullen. You know, Philly Voice, Sports Illustrated here on Birds 365. One of the hardest working men in show business. How are you, Mr. McMullen?
2: Doing well. A little, I'm in mourning today, Jody. A little bit of mourning. M- uh, I you think- will
1: need to explain
2: this. I think we have seen the last of minicamp around the NFL. I I you know, you know how these things work, Jody. Once something goes away, they're not giving it back. Uh and the Eagles and a number of other teams around the NFL, which we'll get into, have canceled mandatory minicamp. And I, I'm gonna miss it. I'm gonna be honest. That's what I'm gonna miss. And I okay. think I think NFL fans are going to miss it as well.
1: You so enjoyed yourself last week at rookie uh, mini camp that uh, you, you longed for the mandatory mini camp that was upcoming. And now you're all uh, sad because <laughs> well, that will now, no longer l- it.
2: L- let me, you know, there was a little bit more pep in my step at rookie camp simply because of last year. Look, I got to be honest for, 20-plus year, you know, going to rookie camp, football practice is not exciting for people who've never been to one. It is not an exciting thing. And when you do it time and time again, year after year after year, yeah, it gets boring. It gets monotonous. It gets tedious. You're not excited about it. This year, a little bit different because of the pandemic, and it took it away now with many camp minicamp though I was always a little excited for for a number of reasons the perfect reason the Eagles made a trade for a cornerback yesterday we'll get into that um uh, Josiah Scott but um you know I was thinking about okay how, what are what is the cornerback position going to look like on this team I have no idea i'll give you my guess my best guess I could have told you where they started. If we had minicamp, I could have told you who was lining up with the first team. And doesn't mean it's going to end up that way, but it gives you a, a an inkling into the thought process of the coaching staff. And I thought that was important for an information gathering process, not only sure. for us but the fans. The fans want to know. That's that's what we're doing this for. And now you got to wait till late July and see who lines up. That that's.
1: That kind of sucks, to be honest. It it does. And Eagle fans are going to be uh, more out of sorts because it is just one big giant question mark until they do start actual mini camp, which isn't, as you said, for uh, several weeks now down the road. Um, let's try and lay it out. I think I've got a grasp on it. I know you've got a better grasp than me. Uh, what was negotiated out, and that's what it's being described as a negotiation. And I'm guessing that's on point and accurate that the coaching staff, along with Howie uh, Roseman, the executives, and the leaders and and veterans on this team, redid, rewrote, reagreed to what their offseason is going to look like. That the quote unquote OTAs have all gone away. But as has the mandatory when everyone is <clears throat> obligated, as per the collective bargaining agreement, to show up. That is also gone by the board, and they've traded all this off for the agreement that the optional training uh, workouts that they're going to have over the next several weeks, which is not mandatory, players can either choose to show up or not show up, will be kept to just conditioning and team training without actual playing and 7-on-7s or 11-on-11s. So it was a meeting of the minds between the players and the organization. Explain what this compromise actually means. What kind of an effect do you think it has? Is there a winner and a loser in this situation? I'm guessing that the fans are a loser. But from a players versus management standpoint, is there a winner or a loser in this new compromised offseason Eagles have well, the 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 only
2: defined losers are the fans are the people who care uh, about this kind of thing. Um, I would guess actually, I'll say another defined loser is the aesthetics of the game itself. Uh, I think that's a loser. Uh, as far as players versus owners, Owners got what they wanted. That was the extra game, seventeen. The NFL tried to the the, the players had been on this for a while. They wanted to scale back offseason work. You're you know you mentioned how they framed it locally. This is happening everywhere, Jody. It's not just Philadelphia, and everybody's magically coming up with the same compromise. Um, but it's not spun as a league players' union thing in each individual city, the Indianapolis Colts came up with the exact same thing as the Eagles magically. Um, They're, they're spinning it as the players got together with Nick Sirianni and the coaches in Philadelphia and we no, it's it's, this is the way it's going throughout the league. Um, So it was a players union uh, league thing more than anything else. Number one, let's get that out of the equation. As far as, you know, it's going to be conditioning and teaching, no team drills, no seven-on-sevens, uh, nothing like that. You know, okay, you know, they got through it last year. That was whole J.C. Treader's whole thing. We got through it last year. We were fine. The game didn't suffer. I wouldn't necessarily agree with them. I think here's how I put it, Jody. Take football out of the equation. We'll use you as an example. You've been doing this as, as, for a, a very long time. As as a, as a talk show host in numerous stations, national, local, you know, what uh, were you better day one or were you better in year fifteen? I think everybody can identify that repetition makes you better at everything. Everything it doesn't matter what it is. Practice makes cur- perfect. Whatever cliche you want to put out there. So if you're practicing less. You're not as good. Bottom line, Uh, that that is as simple as I can put it. And that's why I bring up the aesthetic of the game for a new generation of fans. They don't know. They've been seeing this RPO stuff. And and that to them is professional football. And that's fine. The TV ratings are great. That's why the owners don't care. The money keeps rolling in. Nobody cares. But the aesthetics of this game, and you could argue the aesthetics of pro sports as a whole, because I put the NBA and Major League Baseball in this category as well, they're terrible for people that have been around for a while. I mean, I'm not talking about the athletes. The athletes are better. The athletes are more equipped. But the game itself, the fundamentals, the technique, all that stuff, just keeps getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And less practice. Means worse.
1: I I agree with that. Uh, the main advantage I would see from a player standpoint of practicing less is not that the game will be better. Not that because they're more rested because they're not putting time and effort into practice. Oh, that'll show up on Sunday afternoons when we play the games that really can. I don't buy that for a millisecond. But yeah, I guess it's less chance to get injured. That's the only upside that I see. Realistically, from, from a player's standpoint, uh, you and I discussed it right before we opt on the air. It's the players actually wanting to do less. As you discuss the aesthetics, they're not as worried about the aesthetics. Uh, the television ratings are as good as they are. We expect all the stadiums to be filled to the rim once they're allowed to be filled to the rim. So uh, there's no residual payoff on the downside of less aesthetics. But yeah. I think the players just want to do less to get yeah. paid for more. They believe they're already doing but more by signing off on a 17th game. So, yeah, since we're doing that, even though we're going to get our chunk of the change, uh, the owners get a bigger chunk of the change. So we need to get something in return. Here's what we want in return. We want to do less during the offseason. We want to work less. Where yeah. I will give them at least some credit is we want to take less of a chance of being hurt. Man, I, I don't I, think... That-
2: I've said this all the time, Jody. It's a quality of life issue for the players, and I get it from the player standpoint. They have to work. People say they don't want to do anything. It's not about that. It's about this sport is such a grind. They have to keep themselves in shape. This isn't the old days from that perspective where guys, you know, back in the 60s and 70s would go get insurance jobs in the offseason season. Uh, to supplement their income. I mean, they have to stay in shape or they're going to get lapped, and this thing is a grind and a grind, and it keeps going and going and going for them. And it is a 12-month process. You see Jalen Hurts all over the place, keeps working on his game, keeps working on his game away from the facility. Players are smart. They know they got to stay sharp. They're still working, but they just want to be on their own time. They want to – you know, if they live in Florida or Texas, they want to be down there. They want to enjoy the offseason with their families. They're still doing work. So I give them all the credit in the world for that kind of stuff. Now, there's always unintended consequences. You know that to, to any decision, Jody. We've been talking about Zach Ertz. And by the way, if Howie Rosen is listening, please, please, please don't keep this going to the opening of training camp. I beg of you. Do me that one favor, Howie. But beyond that, You know, I've been talking about, you've been talking about who's going to be the second tight end if Zach isn't here. I brought up Jack Stoll, an undrafted free agent. Well, guess what, Jody? He doesn't have a chance now, an opportunity to open the eyes of the coaching staff in minicamp and say, you know, maybe we have something in Jack Stoll. Now, he'll still have an opportunity the first couple days of training camp, but it limits those opportunities. That's the other end of the spectrum. All these guys at the back end of the roster trying to get noticed, uh, trying to get something. They took away a preseason game from them. It just creates less opportunities for those guys. I think it was interesting. Pat McAfee was on his show. Now, Pat, you know, was a, was a great punter in this day. It was hilarious, and, and he said he hates the union because they don't work for him. I don't necessarily agree with that because they do work for the more – named players the superstar players the star players and even pat was a very good punter even though it's a punter still he's he he was a pro bowl level punter at some point they don't work for the young guys they don't work for the undrafted guys trying to make a roster they don't work for the 53rd guy the 52nd guy that's who gets hurt but nobody cares just like i said You know, yes, the players don't care about the aesthetics of the game, either to the owners. If they did, they'd fight this stuff, but they got what they wanted, and they got that 17th game and the extra billions that come from that.
1: Let me ask you to speculate. If you surely know, please share, but uh, I'm guessing that... Howie Roseman didn't call you uh, and say, off the record, John, here's exactly what transpired the last couple of days in negotiations with the veteran guys here on the roster. Um, Nick Sirianni certainly the point guy. He's the guy who was quoted as to what the agreement was and what the upside is for the Eagles as a team and what he thinks they can accomplish in this new offseason world that they just came to an agreement on. The Eagles separately, all by their lonesome, not in conjunction with anybody else. Wink, wink, nod, nod. As you pointed out, it's happening in all of the towns across the National Football League. Um, I would guess that Howie Roseman would have to be more the driving force behind this because there are guys that were included in this negotiation on the player side that have never met Nick Sirianni that have never seen him, that have been out of town this entire offseason since Nick Sirianni and his entire staff were hired. So they're talking about what work they will or won't be doing with the coaching staff who they don't even know. They might bump into him and Wawa and not even realize, oh, shoot, that's coach. Mm -hmm. So it had to be Howie Roseman doing this negotiation to come up with exactly what the players will and or won't be willing to do, exactly what the time frame is going to be, exactly what they're going to call it. This was a Howie deal, was it not?
2: No, I think it was a league players union deal. And and then they spun it. I think from the league's perspective, they didn't want to go all in and say, okay, we're giving this to you forever in perpetuity. So in other words, they made it a localized thing to, to, to take it off their shoulders and say, we'll revisit this next year because they've been wrangling since the start of the pandemic, the union and the league. They keep, you know, this is a very fluid process. And the minute you put a period on something, it's done. I don't think the league wants to do that yet. Ultimately, I think it's going to happen, but they don't want to do that yet. So to stop that period and put a comma on it, to be continued, they did it in a localized fashion. So that's why you can go to other team websites and see essentially the same story with the same players, the GM, the coach. We talked to the veteran players. We worked out this. Maybe there's a little bit of a tweak in different cities and certainly how we and Nick are involved in the planning. But this, as I said, is a, this is pretty much a league-wide thing now. This is what's going on. And this was the brokered agreement, so to speak. You remember when all those statements started coming out from the NFLPA and we joked about, we're not showing up for voluntary work and every, everybody showed up. This is why. Right. They, were, they were brokering this agreement. They're not having offseason work. As typical offseason work, but the compromise would they would come in to meet the coaching staff to get a little teaching, and that's where the NFL felt they could save a little bit of base. So I think it's a national thing spun locally, so the NFL doesn't have to put a period on it and say, What I just said at the beginning of the show, mini camps are dead. They just don't want to admit it yet.
1: Oh, and they're going to have mini camps, they're just not mandatory. It's going to still take place. It's going to be scaled back. It's not going to be what we used to know as mini camps. They're not going to be doing well,
2: mandatory minicamps camps are dead.
1: Is, yeah is Ma- mandatory is is the word mandatory and required attendance is out the window. Uh, and that kind of plays into what you just uh, stated in your Pat McAfee story. The union works for the veteran guys. They're working no, for yeah. the guys who have been there for years and making millions of dollars they're really not sweating the undrafted free agents or the guys who are somewhere between 62 and 53 on the roster trying to find their way. Cause yeah, those guys want to be there. And that's what uh, has happened the first couple of days. Uh, you're getting 60, 70, 80 guys show up. Well, guess who all those guys are. Those are the guys who were just picked in the draft or signed those uh, undrafted free agent contracts or assigned to futures contracts who aren't guaranteed a penny going forward. Yeah, they want to be there. They want to uh, show their wares. They want to try and grab a coach's attention so they might be able to grab a roster spot. This negotiation was about and will continue to be about the star players for the most part, uh, not the guys who are fringe on the roster.
2: It's always, it's it's a microcosm of society, Jody. The little guy gets run over, always.
1: And, yes, the Eagles, in addition to all the uh, offseason negotiating that came down yesterday, they did actually make a move. They upgraded their cornerback room. How much? Um, not <laughs> it, it, well, it, it's pretty simple. Do you believe that the cornerback they gave up in the deal is better than the cornerback they received? Did they add a sixth-round draft pick to a trade yesterday to actually acquire a lesser cornerback? I'll give Howie Roseman, and I don't know anything about either of these two players, but I'll give Howie Roseman that much credit. I don't and, think he and, traded and, and
2: By for- the way, Jody, real quick, before we go to the break, because we got Martin Frank coming up, but, you know think about put this in your 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 chow and chew on it a little bit. Howie Roseman just traded a 2023 pick. He's going to be around for a while. He's got a leash. He's got a leash. <laughs> so these people hoping it's going to go bad,
1: yeah, Howie Howie's entrenched. Don't 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 worry about Howie. Yeah, he is pretty entrenched he's trading future draft picks two years down the road, not even next year. Two years down yeah. the road but Josiah Scott is he, uh, the answer at cornerback for the Eagles. Well, I'll get uh, Johnny Mac's take on that. And also that of uh, Martin Frank, who's going to join us uh, coming up next. We are your Birds 365 duo, the mac mac guys, Jody McDonald and John McMullen, Martin Frank, next here on Birds 365.
3: If you missed any of today's show on the Jacob Media channel, listen to the podcast on your way home. Available on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify.
4: your vacation, your way.
5: On
6: the field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
0: The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry so when you're planning your next industrial, commercial or residential project choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor learn more at IBEW98.org
4: in the wildwoods, our free beaches are spacious and welcoming with plenty of room to spread out your seat will be waiting for you when you're ready to visit the Wildwoods, creating cherished family memories for generations.
5: D-A-T-L-E-S-E-O.
4: Jody Mack, the legendary
5: sports talker, joins forces with NFL insider John McMullen. Start your morning with Johnny Mack and Jody Mack across the Jacob Media Network.
1: We get together here in Birds 365. <laughs> guys, Joe De McDonald, John McMullen here to talk Eagles football with you, and we bring into the mix another very informed Eagles reporter. Um, our buddy uh, Mark Frank jumps aboard with us here on Birds 365. Did the Eagles solve their cornerback problems yesterday? <laughs> with their major acquisition, Mark.
7: Um, I would say no. I think there's another move still to come. Um, You know, the guy they got, uh, Josiah Scott, he kind of projects more as a slot cornerback. Um, So, you know, at the very least, they they addressed some depth. Um, They added depth at a position that they needed to. But is he the answer? No. Um, I think there's still another move yet to come.
2: Oh come on, Martin Josiah! It doesn't excite you, you know. Before I get into Josiah with you, I want to talk about and read Martin at DelawareOnline.com. Uh, also, uh, does a great job covering this team. I'm a little bit mourning, uh, and I want to ask if you are too, Martin, because no mandatory minicamp. I, one of the things I was looking forward to this is saying how Jonathan Gannon would at least line up the corners. And now with Scott, you have an extra little tweak to that. Now we got to wait till late July to see that kind of stuff.
7: Yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing about the OTAs and everything that we're missing out on this year is is you finally get to see you know what the coordinators are about, you know how Nick Sirianni runs a full practice. I mean, we saw maybe like twenty minutes, I guess, in the rookie mining camp last weekend. I mean basically just individual drills and stretching exercises and warm-ups and stuff like that. so we didn't really see much and you know now we got to wait till the end of July and that's just I guess the way it is. but um, you know still interested I'd still be interested to see like you know how they run a practice, um, you know how the veterans react, what the competition is like and you know now just have to wait a little longer for that.
1: Sometimes you got to admit when you got the wrong take on something or the wrong read or the wrong speculation. And that would be me last year uh, going into the season. I thought the Eagles were at a major advantage because they were the only team in a COVID year that wasn't turning over its coaching staff in the NFC East. Everyone else was going with an entirely new coaching staff. And we know there was no camp last year. This year, there's uh, a new and revised and lesser camp that's happening as per negotiation. But last year, there was none. And we knew that for a fact. And I said, damn, the Eagles under Doug Peterson and their staff have a major leg up over everybody. Well, didn't quite play out that way on the field at four, eleven, and one But now they're uh, flipped the script. They're the exact opposite. All the other teams who are working with this new redefined offseason, less practice, less work being done, The only team that's working with a new staff is the Eagles. Everyone else is returning their staff and the majority of their players. How much of a disadvantage is it for the Eagles because they decided a new coaching staff was warranted?
7: Well, I mean, I I totally agree with you. I think last year they were, you know, it was, I thought for sure like they'd have a huge advantage because of that, you know, familiarity with Doug Peterson and everything. And, and then, you know, so maybe like that whole thing is overrated. I mean, You know, the fact that Nick Sirianni at least is getting the veterans in for like this week and then the next two weeks is something, you know, Um, more than what the new coaches in the NFC East had last year. So, you know, maybe it's not such a big disadvantage going into this year. I mean, you'll still have a full training camp. They'll get to, you know, have the players in front of them, maybe even do some work on the field and everything like that. It just won't be like the usual <clears throat> the high intensity stuff that you get during the spring OTAs in the past. Um, so uh, I don't think it, that part will set them back very much. I mean they still have a very new ro- I mean they have a new roster with a lot of young young players. I mean that's that's going to be the issue for the Eagles this year more so than you know the fact that Nick Sirianni isn't going to have like a full
2: offseason OTA situation to work with his players. Yeah, and Jody, by the way, real quick, before I get back to Martin, uh, you weren't the only one. I think we all thought the Eagles had a huge advantage from that perspective. And by the way, I think that's one of the reasons Doug Peterson isn't here because Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman thought they should have had a big advantage, and all of a sudden they turn into a four-win team. But uh, Martin, I do want to also backtrack a little bit to Ryan Kerrigan in, in that signing. Um, because you mentioned there's another move to come at cornerback. Now, I wouldn't be surprised at all, but I want to throw this out to you you know, maybe they realize they can't get that outside corner, or, or you know, the Steven Nelson's of the world, or somebody like that. And instead of going that route, they said, Well, let's get better, let's get the pass rush better, and that'll help the corners. Maybe. Ryan Kerrigan is the guy to make this defense better rather than the outside corner. Maybe, in other words, maybe this is it at cornerback.
7: It's possible. I mean, you know, that was one of the big uh, beliefs that Jim Schwartz used to have as defensive coordinator. Like he felt if you're, you know, if you had a really good pass rush, then maybe your cornerbacks wouldn't have to be engaged for as long on, on opposing wide receivers. Um, and and the Kerrigan signing is a great one. I mean, you know, in every way possible, you got a fourth guy into a, you know, fourth established guy into a rotation with, you know, Barnett, with Brandon Graham and, and with Josh Sweat. It, it makes them better and it doesn't like, you're not forced to play the two rookie draft picks that they picked in the sixth and seventh rounds in, in Teron Jackson and, and Patrick Johnson. So, You know, that that move is great because it bolsters the defensive end position. And maybe they do get pressure on the quarterback more. And maybe, like, if Avante Maddox is outside, you know, opposite of Darius Slay, you know, he has more help and he doesn't have to, like, stick with his man for as long as he did last year and obviously got exposed. Um, So, yeah, it's possible. But I I still think, you know, I can't can't imagine them being satisfied with either Avante Maddox or – Zach McPherson or or even Josiah Josiah Scott, you know, on the outside right now, opposite of Darius Slay. I mean, Slay's going to be the most bored person on the face of the <laughs> earth. If that's the case, no one's going to be throwing to him.
1: I <laughs> uh, tend to the think they'll be throwing away from Darius Scott. You're right there, Martin. Um, sticking with the Kerrigan signing. What do we read into this as far as Derek Barnett goes? Uh, we know his contract situation is what it is, and he's a free agent. At the end of this year, the Eagles did uh, pick him in the first round. He's had a mixed bag of success, at times good, at times uh, disappearing. Um, They need to evaluate whether he's got more of a future here or not. Does this just uh, jump out to you as a good luck this year, Derek? If you can wow us, so be it. But uh, we know that that's something that we're going to be addressing going forward as well.
2: But I think we we've got frozen Martin Frank, Jody. So we're gonna have to <laughs> we're gonna have to see if we can get Martin back. I do think it's an interesting conversation you bring up with Derek Barnett. I kind of mentioned that yesterday. I throw Josh Sweat into the mix as well because he's in a contract year. And that's one of the things that you know we often talk about serving two masters. And I think that's what you should do in the NFL. Um, because I don't think you need to go. We always use you know, the Sixers are about to start the playoffs after the playing round. Um, we talk about the process all all the time in the, in this town. I don't think you have to do that in the NFL. You know, there's that clash, that argument back and forth. Do you have to do it in the NBA? Well, you can at least make the argument you have to do it in the NBA if you want to get really good. The NFL, man, it's about parity. Since the days of Pete Roselle. you don't have to rip things down and you know, some teams do because they're so bad for so long. You, you, They constantly have top five picks. The Lions for all those years are constantly in the top 10. And, you know, now you see with the Bengals and Burrow and Chase and you get all these good players on paper. But those teams are generally making bad decisions to be at that position. Not that they're trying to lose on purpose. So... You know, the thought process that transition season, as Jeffrey Lurie coined it, I trademarked that from him, um, meant the Eagles were going to try to lose football games, especially in this division. I never believed that, Jody. I never believed it. They're going to try to win. They're just hamstring, hamstrung by a number of issues, starting with 16.5% of your salary cap playing in Indianapolis. Uh, It's funny
1: because... The word transition, to me, signifies, yes, uh, if if we don't win our division, if we don't win more games than we lose, it's not going to be the end of the world. We're going to deal with it. It'll be a little bit more acceptable than it would have been previously, certainly was last year when I thought they were going to be a playoff team and they end up a four-win team. Uh, so it all comes down to your definition and reading between the lines as to what you think the owner was saying. When you bring in a new coaching staff, when you make a change at the top, when you let a Super Bowl winning coach go, at a minimum, it's got to be a transition phase. Yeah. That kind of defines transition. So, yes, I, I understand the point you're trying to make. I understand, I think I understand the point that Jeff Laurie was trying to make. Sometimes you're making more of a short-term commitment to winning then Eagles uh, did this off season. Doesn't mean that they're going to completely give up. This is not necessarily the process or tanking. They're just going to be making moves that might not lead to immediate victories. If they can come up with one or two of those, they will. And that's what I think the Ryan Kerrigan uh, signing was. I asked Martin Frank who got frozen on us, but is now back live and smiling and laughing with us. Um, Do we read into Derek Barnett, yeah, the pressure pressure's really ratcheted up on you. No full-well contract status. we got to make a decision on you anyway. Oh, by the way, you're going to have to do it in a part-time role. You're going to be part of a uh, positional uh, flexibility here. Uh, I think it says a lot about the confidence that the Eagles have in Derek Barnett this year and going forward. Not good if you're bringing Orion Kerrigan in.
7: Yeah, um the thing about Kerrigan is uh he's also on a one year contract. I mean, the whole position is actually in in a in a in a form of transition. I mean, you know, Barnett's a free agent, Brandon Graham just turned 33, Ryan Kerrigan will turn 33 this summer. I mean, Josh Sweat can be a free agent. I mean, so basically, you know, the future zones I mean, Graham is still under contract. So basically three of the four guys could be gone after this year. I mean I'm sure they'll try to keep Josh Sweat. Um, They'll work something out with him. And yeah, like you said, the pressure's on Barnett. If he has a great season, the Eagles are going to pay him and and they're going to keep him. And, you know, so you'll have him, you'll have Graham or Kerrigan. Uh, I mean, you'll have Graham definitely. And, you know, maybe if Kerrigan plays well, they they bring him back in as they bring him back next year as well. But I think, yeah, it definitely sends a message to Derek Barnett. You know, you got to be healthy
2: this year, you got to be productive. And we need a big season out of you. In the larger picture, Martin, what does it say about this team? Does This team getting back into that focus of, Hey, guess what? We're a little bit better than we expected. So what, we'll, let's go get a Ryan Kerrigan. Or is it just an opportunity that, you know, let's be honest, Ryan Kerrigan was probably looking for seven, 8 million a year. The market wasn't there for him. And this yeah. deal mm-hmm. kind of came to the Eagles. So, do you look at it as a shift in philosophy, which the Eagles have done in the past? They've made that mistake saying we're a little bit closer than we probably are, or is this just something that kind of fell in their lap?
7: I think it's more as something that, that fell in their lap. I mean, you know, they're, they're still building towards the future. I mean, you know, a guy like Ryan Kerrigan isn't going to be – you know, a long-term solution. I mean, he's, he's you know, just... Yeah, but I meant for
2: 2021, though. For 2021, you know, he's he's an impactful player still. And I think you can look at this team and say the strength is now the defensive line, particularly the edge.
7: Yeah, I mean, you know, and you look at at the division they're in, I mean, you know, there aren't any great teams, obviously. Um, You know, so maybe adding a guy like Kerrigan you know, maybe that helps them as far as contending in the NFC East. I mean, maybe they're not going to be as bad as a lot of people, you know, think they are. And, you know, maybe nine and eight is good enough to win the division. I'm not saying the Eagles can go nine and eight, but, you know, maybe this gives them a chance to go nine and eight and contend for the division title and get into the playoffs. And, you know, and then you got a big draft next, next year where you have, probably three first-round draft picks, Um, so you can keep building. You'll have money to spend on free agency. So, you know, the long-term situation isn't as bad, you know, and maybe, you know, a guy like Kerrigan helps them be good in 2021 so, you know, they
1: can build even faster. If you're an Eagle fan, I think you have to like it. If uh, We will find out over the course of 17 games how productive Kerrigan actually is, what he does have left in the tank. I think he's got something left. Um, just the fact that the Eagles said we're going to, this is absolutely a move that is a short-term move. It's a one-year deal. That's all uh, that I would want to commit for. That's all you think commit for. They're trying to be better next year. If you're an Eagle fan, I think you have to be happy with that. Along those lines, uh, before you hopped on, Martin, Johnny Mack implored Howie Roseman to move along with the Zach Ertz situation, that he doesn't want this to go all the way to camp, that the Eagles really need to make a move. If you've exasperated all of the options to potentially trade him and it's not there, it's time to just cut the ties. It hasn't Mm -hmm. happened yet. We know it's not going to happen until at least June 1st. Will it happen between June 1st and the opening of training camp, or is this going to play? Much to my partner's chagrin all the way into training camp that Zach Ertz is still going to be here.
7: I think it's got to be resolved pretty, pretty soon. I mean, I, I'm actually in the camp that they should have resolved it already. Um, you know, it's, it's a shame. It's, you know, it a-
2: Now uh, we got frozen Br- got- Martin, sure. Martin
1: again. He's a damn good looking man though. Yes. Check that out. That's Martin- a good one. If it's going to be frozen, it might yeah, as well better- be frozen on a good shot of him. Yes. I,
2: I agree with that. And you know Martin is is on the DL still on the injured list he's still wearing sort of a, a uh I guess it's a walking boot it might be more of a brace he broke his leg uh jogging uh earlier so this this kick back to training camp is actually a positive for him cuz he doesn't have to hobble <laughs> around so he's got he's got uh seven eight more weeks to get ready to get 100% and we'll see if we can get him back for a third time this is our first technical issue week, Jody. We've had some technical issues. Um, yeah, know, but... little uh, but, but
1: that's the world of stream. Are we gonna are we gonna beat up on Xander here? Is that uh, no?
2: I, I don't think it's a Xander problem. I think it's a I think it's a plugged in problem. Uh, okay. But Martin just texted me. He don't know what it happened again. He doesn't know what the hell is going on. So <laughs> it's wireless. I know what's going on. If you have wireless and you're not plugged in you're going to have some issues at some point. And there are certain companies that are better than other companies. I'll just leave it at that. Right.
1: And we don't know which company Martin's dealing with. So we're not throwing anybody under the bus. We're just throwing technology in general under the bus. Uh, Unlike John, who threw Harry Roseman under the bus earlier during the show, saying, hey, come on, you got to make a decision on this Zach Ertz thing. Well, John, with yesterday's agreement, to not have any mandatory camp whatsoever, I think that actually just gives Howie Roseman that much more of a leash to let this thing drag on, drag out, continue on. We'll make a decision at some point. We're going to do what's best for the organization. Yeah, well, they should.
2: I mean, they should. One thing I wanted to ask Martin was about Howie Roseman because I made that little quip about sending a 2023 pick to Jacksonville, which tells you, what he thinks of his job status. Not that it matters, obviously, if there were a new GM. He, he's just, but you can tell he he operates like he knows he's going to be around for a while. And that's one of those things with Zach Ertz. You do have to do what's best for the team. And he's used that term terminology to me personally, playing the bad cop. Look, Zach Ertz is an all-time great in this organization. He doesn't want to be here. You, you, in in a best case scenario you want to do 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 your best to do right by him but at the end of the day Howie Roseman's job is to do what's best for the Philadelphia Eagles so if it has to go to training camp it's got to go to training camp but you know personally I'm I, you know he's not going to be here just cop to it and you know, Martin said there's going to be another move at cornerback. And again, I could see that happening. I'm not saying it's not going to happen, but for it to happen, they need the space of Zach Ertz's contract, or they got to start renegotiating with other players. Right. They need some salary
1: cap space to make that happen. And the most logical place would be Zach Ertz, which yeah. as of June 1st, they'll be saving money. Uh, so let me let me play the hypothetical game with you here, uh, J. Mac. assuming they can't make a trade. I, maybe Howie Rosen's got an ace up his sleeve. Maybe they get lucky in these practice only type workouts, conditioning, not actual scrimmage type workouts that are going on across the league as mandated and agreed to by all the teams um, in a negotiation with the Players Association, not as individually based as we're made to think. Um, let's say a big tight end gets hurt, and there is a team that says, Oh my god, we were counting so much on our pass catching tight end, we now don't have him. Our backup isn't nearly as good. The Eagles are willing to give this guy away for next to nothing as far as a draft pick goes, and we can fit him under the cap. Um, none of that works out. Uh, that's what Howie's waiting on, that's what he's banking on. It's not going to happen if he is released post June 1st. What kind of a market is there going to be on the free agent uh, grab bag for a guy like Ertz? I'll put this to both Johnny Mac and to Martin, who rejoins us, hopefully. His wife, hangs I with us for another 10 minutes. Um, How much interest is there going to be across the league, Zach Ertz? Forget about the trade thing, but as he becomes a free agent, is he signing a veteran minimum contract with all incentives? Can he actually get a multi-year deal that they'll be able to spread out a little bit? How do you think the NFL looks at Zach Kurtz if he becomes a free agent? Martin, I ask you first.
7: All right. Yeah, I'll, I'll say probably a one-year prove-it type of deal. Um, you know, he shows that he's healthy, that he can, you know, that he, he can get back to kind of like the form he, he had before, you know, before this past season. And and then, you know, from there, you know, maybe he gets a better deal in, in the offseason like a long-term deal. I think he still has a lot left in the tank. And, and I think at this point, you know, he wants to show somebody, any team that he can still play. I mean, you know, I, I kind of criticize the Eagles for the way they, they've treated Zach Ertz. I mean, you know, the guy's this, you know, second leading receiver in team history. He's been a great player ever since they drafted him in 2013. I mean, they should have just, you know, released him like back in late February, early March. I mean, you know, he deserved better, you know, than – to be strung along like this. I mean, he's got no, he's got no free agent market now. I mean, you know, if they would have released him back then, you know, obviously they're losing a great player, but I mean, they tried to trade him. you know, they've been trying to trade him for months. I mean, they're probably, they were never going to get like a second or a third round draft pick. And, and, you know, at what point does it become worthwhile to string Zach Ertz along for maybe like a fifth or a sixth condition, a conditional fifth or sixth round pick in 2022. I mean, you know, it's it's kind of a shame. I mean, you know, a guy like Zach Ertz deserves better than that. Um, and you know, it, it's it's too bad. But you know, he'll he'll get a one year prove it type of deal. And you know, knowing Zach Ertz and the way he works and 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 the talent that he has, I mean, he'll turn that into a decent long term deal after after this coming year, I think.
2: Yeah. And Martin, I go all the way back to the playoff game against Seattle. And he was out there with a a lacerated kidney and a broken rib and he should have been playing. He's more hurt than you at that point. (laughs) Um, And he played and the Eagles, I think that's where this all started. He was like, look what I did for this organization. And how did you respond? And I think that's where the disconnect began but I also agree with you in the fact that teams have already budgeted. I mean, they've spent the vast majority of their money, so they don't have room for a big money deal. So, yeah, the Eagles kind of did Zach Ertz dirty. And, But I will also say when you were off, Martin, you know, Howie Roseman, I was the one who asked him that question about Zach a couple of press conferences ago, and he did the whole money ball, sometimes you got to play the bad cop thing. Mm-hmm he's he's right in that instance he's got to do what's best for the build the Eagles
7: yeah you do I mean but you know I mean look at look at the Texans with J.J. Watt I mean you know he he's a great player you know for their team and stuff and you know he knew that the Texans weren't or were, he knew the Texans were rebuilding he also knew that um you know they weren't gonna. They weren't interested in paying him what he wanted, and you know they. So you know they released him. I mean, sure they could have done the same thing that the Eagles did with Ertz and maybe hold out, maybe get a fifth, fourth, fifth round draft pick for him and stuff like that. But you know, JJ Watt got his release. He was able to like pick his next team, and he got a. I think he got a two year deal worth maybe 15 million each year. I mean, I'm not saying Zach Ertz was going to get 15 million a year if he was a free agent back in, you know, back in like late February and stuff. But I mean, you look at the two tight ends the Patriots signed. I mean, they totally paid for those guys. And maybe Ertz would have gotten a deal for like, you know, 10, 11 million for, for two years. I mean, now he'll be lucky if he gets like, I don't know, probably like Ryan Kerrigan type of deal, like one year. 5 million, you know, see what you got left and then go from there. So, um, yeah, I mean, you got to look out for your franchise and everything. But, you know, at some point you got to say, all right, we're going into this draft with 11 picks. Um, Do we really need 12? Do we really need another fifth or sixth round pick? You know, just it just it seems kind of strange that, you know, they would treat them the way they did. That's all.
1: Martin, I've got another uh, Eagles make a move. And what does it tell you about another player on the roster because of this move? Yesterday, they acquired uh, Josiah Scott from the Jacksonville Jaguars. An undersized corner, 5'9, seems to be a slot corner. That's where he played for the Jags in the handful of plays. That's basically what he did. Handful of 80 play, some odd plays over the course of the entire season in his rookie year but he was used as a slot corner inside does this mean they actually are targeting believe that avante maddox is an outside corner most of us continue to say avante Maddox has changed me a good cornerback if you leave him in the slot. outside he was beaten pretty often last year and most of us suggested he'd be moved almost permanently into the slot this year Well, maybe not with this move yesterday. Is this still the Eagles saying we have, uh, even though there's a brand new coaching staff now that they've seen the tape on all of last year games in the last couple of years, as a matter of fact, Avante Maddox still a legitimate choice to play outside for the birds this year. Am I overstating the case that Avante Maddox is going to be outside for Philly this season? Maybe. (laughs) I mean, if
7: you look at last year, they had two, they had two slot guys in, in Mikhail Roby Coleman and Crave on the block. And, and I think they just wanted more depth this year. I mean, I think ultimately if, if they could get an outside corner, they would do that and have both Maddox and, and Josiah Scott compete for that, you know, nickel corner spot. Um, I, I would think Avante Maddox would have the inside track in that situation. Um, so yeah, I mean, I guess if it came down to the fact that they weren't able to find anybody to play on the outside, that Avante Maddox would go back out there. I mean, right now he se- he would seem to be the leader in the clubhouse. I mean, maybe Zach McPherson, you know, is able to win the job eventually, but he's, you know, a fourth-round pick, a rookie coming in and stuff like that, so he's kind of behind the eight ball a little bit. So um, I would think – I don't think it would – it's it's sending that kind of message that Avante Maddox is definitely going to start on the outside. I think it's just giving them more depth and it gives them more competition at the slot position. And, and you know, if it works out that way, then fine. And if not, you know, and Avante Maddox has to play on the outside, then they got another guy who can compete, you know, at the nickel spot.
2: What is it with this team in nickel corners, Martin? You mentioned last year with Bourbon and NRC, Avante's best suited for the nickel uh, Josiah is best suited for the nickel. I would argue Zach McPherson is best suited for the nickel. He's not an outside corner, what the? why not get me an outside corner? It's Mike, you that's it. You got, you, you got to spend for that.
7: I mean, those position those guys are yeah. hard to find. I yeah. mean, that's why there aren't too many Darius Slays in, in the NFL. I mean, you know, you gotta, they're hard to find. And you know, if you, you know, a lot of teams don't have one good one, let alone two. So, you know, you know, and the Eagles obviously weren't in a position where they were going to spend big money on a free agent cornerback to start on the outside anyway. So um, it just, just kind of like works out that way. And maybe like you throw enough guys against the wall and one of them will stick on the outside and, you know, you go forward.
2: Now let me follow up real quick. Sorry, Jody. I stepped on you there, but no I didn't want to Jonathan can We don't know much about Jonathan Gannon. All we can do is look at Indianapolis and Minnesota. But I do look at the Colts and I say, he got Xavier Rhodes off the scrap heap at corner. Um, He was once a great player, but he wasn't last year when he kind of, you know, put together a reclamation project. They had TJ Carey, who's just a guy. And they had a pretty good defense. His background is with corners, so maybe that's what we're looking at and say he he can make corners better than they are maybe protect him zone coverage cover two cover three is that how you think jonathan gann is going to go about this
7: i mean he's gonna have to i mean you know maybe i mean if it turns out that way uh you know, I mean, the Eagles tried to do that last year. I mean, you know, they figured they'd leave Slay one-on-one with the opposing best receiver, you know, let him travel with the guy and try to provide, you know, helper Avante Maddox or whoever was out there, Michael Jaquette, or, you know, as the season went along and injuries piled up. Um, you know, I guess that's the way, If if that's how it's got to be, then, yeah. I mean, you would obviously leave Slay one-on-one with the opposing best receiver, let him travel, and then, you know, try to provide as much help as possible. Um, you know, but the safety position is kind of interesting as well with the Eagles because that seems to be kind of in flux as well with Rodden McLeod still, you know, recovering from his ACL. You got, um, he says he's going to be ready for week one, but we'll see. You got Anthony Harris. I mean, that's a good signing. And, and you know, I mean, those are the guys who are going to have to help out on the outside if it's Avante Maddox or somebody of that ilk.
1: Understood. And uh, John took us to uh, the uh, new coaches and new uh, defense quarters, old stomping grounds. I want to go there too, Indianapolis. As you can well guess, Martin, uh, almost on a day in, day out basis, we're talking about Jalen Hurts and the quarterback position here in Philadelphia. I don't know if we've asked you about the quarterback position in Indianapolis, which we know is going to be manned by. One Carson Wentz, uh, the coach of the Colts has been kind of outspoken this year, the, uh, this week about Carson Wentz and the fact that he's got a lot of confidence that Carson doesn't need to be fixed this year. That he's going to be a fit out there in Indianapolis. Give us your speculatory read as to how Carson Wentz is going to bounce back with a new team in a quasi old offense that he knows from having worked with Frank Reich. Uh, is Carson Wentz going to make the Eagles regret that they dealt him this year? Or is it going to be a kind of, yeah, at least we got that right. Um, I think it'll be more like,
7: I don't want to say they're, they're going to regret uh, trading him because, you know, they might end up with a first round pick next year for him and stuff. But I mean, Carson Wentz is in a better situation than he would have been uh, had he stayed with the Eagles. I mean, he's got a good offensive line around him. They just went out and signed Eric Fisher um, he's got good receivers. I mean, you know, Ty Hilton's obviously one of the better receivers in the NFL. I mean, the Eagles is kind of in flux. Um, so I would think that Carson Wentz would have a good year. And if he doesn't, then it's totally on him. And, you know, we know for sure that, you know, the season he had last year is indicative of the kind of guy or the kind of quarterback that he is. Um, but I, I would think that Carson Wentz would have a decent year. I mean, I don't think the Eagles will regret training him. But I think, you know, it works out for both teams if he plays well and then the Eagles end up getting that first-round pick. Um, and then, you know, I mean, he's in the AFC. I mean, the Eagles don't have to deal with
2: them unless for some reason they – Yeah, that would be fun if they had to deal with him. But I don't <laughs> think that's going to happen. Uh, last one from me, Martin. Thanks for powering through, uh, sure. by the way. And Reed Martin at delawareonline.com is great Eagles coverage. I don't know if you heard me, but I brought up Howie Roseman. You know, Howie, how popular he is in this town. He's got to get the darkest tint at the car dealership. He's got to – every time the Eagles do sort of a, you know, it, an autism story on their website that's completely altruistic, the first five comments are fire Howie. Uh, they say fire Howie at Billy's games. This guy's trading 2023 20, draft picks, Martin. He seems to think he's going to be around for a while. Is Am I reading that wrong?
7: Uh, you're not reading that wrong. I mean, I think Jeffrey Lurie made that clear, like, back in January after he fired Doug Peterson when, you know, he said Peterson was looking more short-term as opposed to, like, midterm and long-term. I mean, you can look at – you can see that in the draft they just had. Um They did not draft a cornerback in the second or third round. I mean, they went in the second round with a guy coming off a torn ACL. Uh, They went in the third round with, you know, a guy on defense, you know, a defensive tackle who's, you know, probably going to be a rotation guy. I mean, they could have drafted a cornerback in either round, but I think the Eagles looked at that draft like, you know, a two-year process, like, you know, we're not going to be good. We're not going to solve all our problems in 2021. You know, we can address that either in twenty the twenty twenty one draft or the twenty twenty two draft. I mean, you look at next year, they got four picks in the first or second round. So obviously, Howie's gonna be the guy drafting next year as well. And you know, and then Jeffrey's probably gonna like give him at least a year or two to see these guys develop before making any other decision on whether to fire Howie, So that wouldn't be till twenty twenty three at the earliest probably 2024 if they're drafting a quarterback next year so you know it's obviously howie roseman is safe for a couple years and trading for that trading for that uh trading that 2023 draft pick does not hurt him in the slightest i mean you know he's still going to be running the show for the next couple years at least
1: right martin Martin, last one for me um any truth to the rumor that you actually offered your walking boot to Devonte Smith when you were at Eagles rookie camp to just maybe cover up those rather <laughs> skinny legs he has? Is that true? Any truth to that rumor?
7: No, no truth at all. In fact, I got a clean bill of health from my surgeon yesterday. Oh, I there we go. Start running again. So um, yeah, I don't have the boot anymore. I don't have an ankle brace. My leg is fully healed, and uh, I'll be ready for camp just like Devonte Smith. Don't All you right. put in
1: too much work. We know the Eagles are negotiating less work on a day-in, day-out <laughs> basis. You need to follow those same exact standards, my friend. Do Can not do. overwork before the season gets underway. Can do. Martin, thanks for coming on with us. That's right, Martin Frank from pleasure. DelawareOnline.com uh, always gives us good Eagle insight when he hops on with us here on Birds 365. All right, uh, we've got an hour in the books, which means we got an hour left to play. I'm looking forward to this next upcoming hour, number one, for the phenomenal insights of one John McMullen, but (laughs) maybe even more so uh, the joining of the middle with Birds 365. Yesterday we had our buddy Eitan Shander on. We will continue the crossover today with one Harry Mays to join us coming up in about 20 minutes from now my old partner my new partner with my old partner harry mays gonna jump aboard with us here on birds 365
3: if you missed any of today's show on the jacob media channel listen to the podcast on your way home available on youtube apple and spotify Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day as long as you can find it here's what we suggest
4: Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way.
6: field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Seven, zero,
1: three. One, two, three. Because
6: Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
0: The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org.
4: In the wildwoods, our free beaches are spacious and welcoming with plenty of room to spread out. Your seat will be waiting for you. When you're ready to visit the Wildwoods, creating cherished family memories for generations. G-A-T-L-E-S-E-O. Jody
5: Mack, the legendary sports talker, joins forces with NFL insider John McMullen. Start your morning with Johnny Mack and Jody Mack across the Jacob Media Network.
1: number two on this edition of uh, birds 365 john McMullen and jody mcdonald ready to hang with you guys for another hour here uh making the most of our eagle conversation time today harry mace who's going to join us coming up shortly uh, you know i'm from the middle here on the jacob uh, media youtube channel uh looking forward to talking to h uh, and apparently according to our stream john and for those of you who don't know we're just watching this On youtube don't participate in the stream you can always type your comments in during the show while the show is on here and we appreciate all our streamers most of it good natured some of us pointed some of it just flat out nasty but i digress um harry Mays is scheduled to join us and harry apparently a big fan on the stream looking forward to chatting up harry i want to ask you about a comment that we did get on the stream earlier this hour john um about the Eagles getting someone from another NFC East team. Ryan Kerrigan was signed the uh, day before yesterday. I think it's a very good signing. I think it signifies that the Eagles are trying to be a better team in 2021. Uh, I think he's got something left in the tank. One year, $3.5 million contract, I think is good value as well. I'm a fan of the signing. But uh, one of our streaming guys, Mobbin to Mars, pointed out track record yeah. of NSC East players coming to the Eagles ain't great. Agree with that? Uh, is there something to that? Or, uh, I'm just kind tip of tipping my hand here. I think it's completely and totally irrelevant where a player yeah. came prior yeah. to being here in Philadelphia. Is the guy a player or not a player? Can he up the Eagles or can he up the Eagles? The fact that those who came from teams within the division previously I think has nothing to do with anything. Um, but I think if you go to it player by player by player, I think he's actually got a leg to stand on with his comment. I just think it's more coincidence than anything else. Do you read anything into that? That the guys have trouble coming here from other NFC East teams to play? No. And up.
2: well, it, you know, we always talk about it in the draft from that perspective. Never scout the helmet, the helmet has nothing to do with it now. Look, generally when these types of things happen and people only remember big name players, you know, Ryan Kerrigan's got a name. He's not 22-year-old Ryan Kerrigan. He's 32. He's going to be 33-year-old Ryan Kerrigan. So that's more the issue. You're getting big names at the end of their career. They're not as good as what they once were. Are you going to be Chris Long? Everybody makes that comparison. Or are you going to be? Is there nothing left in the tank like Miles Austin? Miles Austin was really good for a short period of time in uh, in Dallas and came here and was terrible because he had nothing left. Um, so it's always about evaluation. And anytime you're signing a 32, 33-year-old guy, that's the whole trick. How much do they have left in the tank? It's got nothing to do with the Washington football team. If we were in – Jacksonville, we'd be saying the same thing. Uh, You know, we wouldn't have beat up on the Eagles for a decade twice a year, but it's the same philosophy. Does he have anything left in the
1: tank? Right. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong here, but didn't Jeremiah Trotter spend time down the Turnpike? Yeah, he
2: was in Washington.
1: Yes. So, uh, and then he came back here uh, in phase two of his Eagle career, was still a very effective player. I don't know if that's negated by the fact that he started here in Philadelphia, then went to Washington, then came back to Philadelphia. Does that remove the stench of being a Redskin at one point and or uh, just make it possible that he can be good coming to Philadelphia, even though he came from another team? I'm not sure how that all plays.
2: Yeah, I don't. I, I mean, Jeremiah, would, I'll say this, he was a heck of a lot better his first run around with the Eagles than a second, so... No, again, I think it's about people reaching the end of their careers and you're always taking a bit of a chance and, and saying, do they have anything left? So I think it comes down to that more than anything else. And again, nobody remembers the role player or very few. It's always about guys who were stars and you're getting them at the end of their careers like Kerrigan. Now, if you expect Kerrigan to get 10 sacks, you're probably going to be disappointed. He's going to be a part-time player, um, and that's why people make the Chris Long comparison. That's your high end. That's what you're looking for. That's what you want. You want a contributor on the defensive line, a good guy in the locker room, you know you're getting that, a leader in the locker room, you know you're getting that. You know, can you get the production and limited snaps like Chris Long gave you? That's your question. Not are you getting a Pro Bowl, four-time Pro Bowl player. You're not getting a four-time Pro Bowl
1: player. Let me uh, ask you about, we always eventually come back to the Eagles in the quarterback position. Um, Did see this today, the Pro Football Focus put out their rankings of ooh, the quarterbacks ooh, for the upcoming season.
2: Ooh, ooh. You're going to you're gonna get some bad people. By the way, they're killing me on the street. Yeah, why don't you kill pro football
1: focus? Very true. Uh, they had the rankings of the 32, quote-unquote, starting quarterbacks. And there are in some towns questions. There's a, t- there's a question right here in town, because according to Nick Seriani, it's a competition for the starting quarterback position of Philadelphia this year. It could be Joe Flack or it could be Jalen Hurts. 99.9% of us believe it's Jalen Hurts' job uh, and that Nick Sirianni is just serving a purpose by not officially naming Jalen Hurts as their starter. But uh, they picked out the 32 individuals that they saw as starters Mm -hmm. for the start of the season for the football teams around the league. And yes, they believe Jalen Hurts is that guy here in Philadelphia and, yes, they ranked him number 31 out of the 32 starting yeah. quarterback. Even yeah. I
2: think he's better than that, Jody. I got him at, like, 26, 27 range. They got him uh, at 31.
1: That, that's pretty disparaging. Um,
2: he's, he's better than Drew Locke. There you at,
1: go. At, hey, put that one. That's a lock that he's better than Drew Locke. Um, I, I've, I've said this before, and I'll say it next week and a week after and a week after that. Um, I run hot and cold with Pro Football Focus. There are certain things that I think they do very well, that their statistical analysis and how they break things down Mm -hmm. and how they use the numbers that they find and the combination of the eye test with the analytics uh, that I think they hit the nail right on the head. There are some things that they come up with that I can't scratch my head enough. I would do damage to my head with as much as I would have to scratch it to try and understand some of the things they say and come up with. Uh, this, to me, would be a bit of a head-scratcher. Not as much as others, because I understand that Jalen Hurts has to go out and prove himself this year. This is very much a it year. It was long before the Eagles made all their offseason moves for me. I was not handing the keys to the car for the next 10 years to Jalen Hurts when they traded Carson Wentz this <laughs> offseason. I just said, I think he's got a chance. I think there's a pretty good chance he can be the Eagles quarterback going forward. Um, But the Eagles' moves and their stances during the offseason has pretty much painted a picture for us that this is a one-year make-it-or-break-it kind of opportunity for Jalen Hurts. I got more confidence than 31 out of 32 quarterbacks in the National Football League. Johnny Mack, your chance to jump on the Jalen Hurts bandwagon and flip the bird, so to speak. Pro football
2: focus 31 I, out of 32 well, I first of all, I think Jalen Hurts is better than that. So, uh, but I, I've told you in the past, Jody, I think the people at Pro Football Focus do a great job. Uh, my take on it is you have to know what it is and what they're doing, and a lot of what they're doing is telling you where Jalen Hurts was. Last year, coming up the four games, when he completed 52% of his passes, which is atrocious in the NFL. Now, what they're not taking into the account is the evaluation and the upside and the ceiling of the player and the improvement of the player and the fact that he's going to have a better offensive line. He's going to have better weapons. He's probably going to have a better running back because Miles Sanders is going to be better. I believe that. He's not going to have another... Terrible year catching the football. Uh, You have all these improvements around him. That's going to elevate. That's going to help him elevate his game. They're not taking that into focus. uh, No pun intended. Uh, So you have to understand what you're looking at. And what you're looking at is very, very fair. That's probably where he belongs, to be honest. If you look at the competition and the other people being rated, they're very fair. I always give this, a, I'll, I'll give you a player Eagles fans hate, hate. And they would constantly ask me, why does the coaching staff like this guy? Pro football focus kills him. Nate Gary, bad player, not a good player. Said San Francisco, now I wish Nate well. Coaching staff liked him. Uh, why did they like him? One of the reasons they loved him, Jody, was he played an entire season through a core muscle injury because they needed him. They didn't have anything else. And they had a ton of respect for him for fighting through that. Coaching staff knows that. Pro football focus doesn't know that. And they're just grading the guy on the field who looks bad. And that's why some of the coaches have told me personally they can't stand it because they don't have that context. But what I always say about – pro football focus is if they tell you somebody's playing poorly they're playing poorly now there might be reasons to that as i just explained and there might be reasons why the coaching staff respects a player who you think is playing poorly or who looks like he's playing poorly that context is always missing but when they tell you somebody's playing well they're playing well and when they tell you somebody's playing poorly they're playing poorly
1: And I sure as I can remember, uh, I think it was you who told me during the season on one of my WIP shows that Gary was playing injured, uh, that you had been able to uh, sniff that out from the coaching staff. And that's why they were fans of them. I know that I've heard it before. I'm pretty sure it was you who told me. And that made a lot of sense to me at the time because I always kind of liked Gary. I thought he played well in... 2019 not necessarily uh last year but in 2019 and i thought he could be a better linebacker for the eagles this upcoming season now i saw the same thing that pro football focus saw he didn't make plays he got burnt he was out of position he just didn't live up to the uh expectations i had for him and apparently the same expectations the coaching staff had for him because yes they played him a lot, left him out there a lot to continue to b- not make plays, and it confounded a lot of Eagle fans. So that did not that that didn't surprise me when you told me that. I didn't understand why the significant drop-off in his play, well, it might have been explained by the fact that he was playing hurt and the injury was caping cap- uh be, is were stopping him from being capable of making the kind of plays he made in 2019. And and because of that, yes. I don't want to root for the 49ers, but I'll kind of root for him next year if he was a good guy and a tough guy, and he did make that kind of an effort. But the Eagles rightfully moved on because there was some bad water under the bridge. Um, here's my issue with pro football focus and ranking uh, Jalen Hurts at number 19. 31. Uh, what did I say? 19 out of 20, yeah. 31 out of 32. My bad. Uh, 19 how much- would be fine. <laughs> How much of that do they factor in the ability of a quarterback to run? Because oh, I certainly factor that in. Yeah. Okay, because yeah. I think he was damn good at it. I think he's one of so the best I. in the National Football League last year. I get it. Yeah, the completion percentage wasn't good enough. Um, that he did throw a uh, high enough percentage of picks to have concerns going into next year. The fumbling issue, which was. We, we used to get on Carson Wentz a lot for that. Think Carson Wentz would get it and cough up the football, and you can't afford to do that. I know Jalen got a little bit of a pass for that last year because he was a rookie going in because he was making big plays in the running game. They kind of cut him some slack in the fact that he fumbled. To his own credit, a bunch of those fumbles he recovered. I, I, I don't know about you, but I don't get bent out of shape when a quarterback fumbles if he recovers it himself. Yes, it usually end and it signifies the end of a play and it's not going to be he's going to pick it up and then throw it downfield and make a big play. But Jalen did recover a whole bunch of his fumbles, but he did put it on the ground a little bit too much. But I don't think they're giving him enough credit in their analysis, in their analytics for the plays. They did make what it's like that. He turned the ball upfield, that he got first down, that he found the end zone Uh, to me. And again, I don't know exactly how they crunched their numbers. It seems like that doesn't register enough credit for a guy. I think it's going to be a big part of his game again this year that he's going to take off and run with the football, and that's not the worst thing as far as I'm concerned. No, I,
2: I don't think anybody questions Jalen Hurts from that perspective. He can make plays with his legs. I think, you know, you can talk about how they weigh things. I can tell you as far as, you know, the old school, new school thought, they're more new school as far as being open-minded and, and and taking things like extending plays and running the football into account than old school, which are saying you got to stand in the pocket and throw the football. But I will say, Jody, you know, you say 52% is not good enough. That's obvious. 52% in the modern NFL is horrible. 62% is not good enough. 62%. You want to have a starting quarterback, quarterback up in the 65 66 range in the modern NFL, you start to say that's good Um, because it's that easy to throw the football. Um, And, you know, there's a lot more shorter throws. So yeah, that's a big red flag. That's the, when, when you talk about Jalen hurts, that's the biggest red flag. The hope is better offensive line, better receivers. What I just mentioned better complimentary, it's going to be better than 52%. If it's not, he's going to get benched for Joe Flacco by week eight. Uh, It's going to be better than 52%. It's got to be better than 52%. The question is, is it going to be 60, 61? Nobody in this league thinks he can get up in that 65, 66 range. Hopefully, they're wrong. You know, a lot of people said the same thing about Josh Allen and they were wrong, and they talked about his accuracy and how poor it was coming out of Wyoming, and it was pretty bad early in his career. Generally, the mentality in this league is either come in with accuracy or you don't, and it's really hard to develop accuracy at the pro level. Josh Allen kind of threw that on its head a little bit, so maybe that's shifting. Maybe Jalen Hurts can overcome that lack of accuracy.
1: To uh, help make John's point, let me just run these numbers down quickly and then our buddy Harry Mays is going to jump aboard. Last year's NFL percentage completion leaders in the National Football League Aaron Rodgers, 70%. Drew Brees, 70%. Deshaun Watson, 70%. Josh Allen, 69%. Teddy Bridgewater 69, Russell Wilson 68, Ryan Fitzpatrick 68, Philip Rivers 68, uh, so on and so forth. Come down to uh, 18th, Cam Newton 65 percent, 21st, Ryan Tannehill 65 percent, uh, uh, 27th, Lamar Jackson 64 percent. You're right. 62 isn't good enough, let alone 52 But the uh, sample size just wasn't good enough. And that just goes to annoy me that much more. The second half of the last game, why was the unstoppable Nate Sudfeld even in the game? Uh, I would have liked to see Jalen Hurts be given a chance to upgrade that percentage just a little bit. But I digress. We will not digress. We will move forward. Because coming up next is one of our faves. You hear him every day right here on The Middle. Harry Mays joins us here on Birds 365.
3: If you missed any of today's show on the Jacob Media channel, listen to the podcast on your way home. Available on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify.
4: your vacation your way
6: on the field of life First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
0: The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at
4: IBEW98.org. In the wildwoods, our free beaches are spacious and welcoming with plenty of room to spread out. Your seat will be waiting for you. When you're ready to visit the Wildwoods, creating cherished family memories for generations. G-A-T-L-E-S-E-O.
5: Jody Mack, the legendary sports talker, joins forces with NFL insider John McMullen. Start your morning with Johnny Mack and Jody Mack across the Jacob Media Network.
1: Is a Wednesday, hump day edition of Birds 365 with the Mac Mac guys. That would be McMullen and McDonald. We add another M to the mix. A double M, as a matter of fact, because he, of course, is a center part of the middle right here. on the a Jacob Media YouTube channel. Uh, he is our buddy, my former partner. Uh, Johnny Max has been doing spots with him for way too long. And we're glad to uh, get him to return the favor and hop aboard and do a guest spot with us. Harry Mate joins us here on Birds 365.
8: How you been, handsome Harry? I'm doing great, Jody. And uh, John, great to be with you guys. Uh, much success on the show. You've brought uh, a lot of eyeballs to the Jacob Media YouTube channel. And things are rocking and rolling, man. Great job.
2: I appreciate it, Harry. I thought it was going to get ripped for uh, yesterday, so no. I appreciate. It. But I got that somebody... out of the
8: way yesterday. I, yeah, I, I when know. I when I rip, I rip, and then I. Move I know, on, I know. You know? <laughs> it's, it's,
2: <laughs> it's scorched earth. And I, speaking of scorched earth, I see your background of Brian Carrigan. Yeah, uh, is that going to be a scorched earth pass rush for the Philadelphia Eagles this year?
8: Well, I think it's definitely going to help. I mean, you know, he's not the Ryan Kerrigan of three or four years ago when he was putting up double-digit sack numbers, but, you know, he was as productive in the sack uh, numbers as one Derek Barnett and uh, with a lot fewer snaps. I think he played like 38% of the snaps with uh, the football team down in Washington and got five and a half. So his production, you know, per, per play, if you will, if there's some sort of metric like that, is still pretty good. So you know, I, I don't think it's a it's a bad move. It's going to add to their rotation, and you know he's a pro. He's going to be good in that locker room, um, and I think you know he's one of those guys. And I think we're starting to see this theme. And I know you guys have been talking about it with the new head coach uh, Nick Sirianni. He loves ball. You know, <laughs> he does. This guy ball. he loves he loves
1: ball, and I think that's you know th- there's nothing wrong with that. Agreed. And uh, you kind of touched on it there. Um, people have drawn a comparison between him and Chris Long. Mm-hmm. And it only totally makes sense that people would do that because we know the season that uh, Long had here and how it ended for the Philadelphia football team with a parade uh, uh, to City Hall. Um, more than just wishful thinking, because of the leadership qualities that Kerrigan brings here, Long was not only a competent player on the field, but a guy. Who was a take charge guy in the locker room? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think the Eagles uh, have the capability of repeating history with this signing?
8: Uh, not that kind of history this year. No, I don't. I think this is more of a uh, of a look see type of a year. Is the way I sort of look at it because you're looking to see if you if you have anything with the quarterback, and that's really what it comes down to. Uh, in the NFL, I think he's going to add a, a good element in in the locker room of experience and accomplishment. I think he was uh, he's a better player in his career than, than than Long was, but Long brought a brought a real kind of he was perfect. He was a perfect chemistry fit at the time uh, for that Eagles team, and I think this guy's going to add to the chemistry. But I don't think it's going to result in the, or it's going to end in the same result.
2: Well, Harry, that's interesting. You say looks a year for Mm -hmm. Jalen Hurts at quarterback. But in theory, the Eagles are looking at a lot of positions, a lot of players. Yeah. And my one concern, you bring in Ryan Kerrigan. You're right. He's a good player. I think he's got gas left in the tank. You know, Derek Barnett is on a contract year. Josh Sweat is on a contract year. Don't you have to look at those players and say, are they part of our long-term future? Mm -hmm. And Kerrigan's going to be better. Right. Because as a coaching staff, you almost have to put him on the field. Right. Is that counterintuitive? Is that hurt a little bit?
8: I see what you're saying because it's going to limit snaps. You can only put so many guys out there and and certain younger – some of the guys they drafted uh, you know, may not get as many uh, opportunities, if you will, in a year which uh, they don't want to say is a rebuild or a retool on the fly, but we all know it is, or at least that's the way I look at it. Uh, So in that regard, yeah, you're right. It's going to it's going to limit, you know, guys that you would want to see here for maybe the next three to five years. I don't know that you can look beyond three to five in the NFL uh, anymore these days. But, yeah, that's that's a that's a fair point and a fair, uh, you know, maybe a sort of a criticism maybe of doing moves like this.
1: Harry, want to get your take on the move the Eagles made yesterday. They Mm -hmm. brought in another DB, a cornerback Josiah Scott from uh, Jacksonville, played limited snaps for the Jaguars last year as a sixth round draft pick. Mm -hmm. Most people look at him as a inside corner, a slot corner, and And when you look at Eagle roster, it looks like their biggest need is an outside corner. Yeah. Uh, Harry Roseman's been telling us, you remember we traded for Ronald Darby. It doesn't have to be a free agent. Could be a trade. Well, Mm -hmm is this the trade that solves the Eagles issues at the cornerback position?
8: Well, if it is, this is going to, it's it's a blind uh, to me. I mean, I never heard of this guy. I don't watch much Jacksonville Jaguars football. And I don't think, I know you watch a lot of football, Jody. I doubt that you really have been dialed in. Zero, on what's been zeroing going on.
1: in on his action with the Jags. Yeah, that's <laughs> me, Harry. Right.
8: <laughs> so no, I, I don't think this is going to solve any of that. I think this, you know, might just be a, a guy that ends up being one of their special teamers and a Part-time player in the slot position.
2: You know, Harry, uh, uh, a little uh, interesting nugget about Josiah Scott. He's got three older brothers. They all went to Mountain Union. Is that right? Which is where Nick Sirianni went. Oh, so, so maybe that's the connection. I have no
8: idea. See, this is this is the beauty of John McMullen, Jody, and I know you you guys have been doing radio hits for a long. He finds these. He mines. You know, for Nuggets, and right. that's that's awesome. What a connection! I mean, who yeah. who knew
2: Mountain Union, the Division <laughs> Three powerhouse? And obviously. yeah, no for j- people no that doubt. don't
8: know, that's where Nick Sirianni went. That's uh-huh. where he played. So I guess and- I guess he loves ball. He loves ball, (laughs)
2: loves techniques, loves competition, (laughs) loves rock, Mm -hmm. paper, scissors. Right. (laughs) And you know he's going to beat Nick Sirianni because the guy doesn't win a rock, paper, scissors match. Right. Harry, I'm concerned about that. (laughs) I do want to – I don't know if you heard, Jody and I were talking before you came on. Pro Football Focus came out with their preseason quarterback rankings. Mm. Jalen Hurts, number 31 of 32. Wow. Wow. Who's 32
8: is, is my question. Drew Locke. Drew Lock. Wow. Man. Well, so that's
2: what we're talking about. Unfair, fair. Where are we with yelling Hurts?
8: Yeah, I mean, these rankings, you know, PFF comes out with some crazy stuff from time to time. Uh, I don't put a whole lot of stock into it. It's great for what we do because it gives us, you know, fodder to talk at, you know, talk about and punch, you know, punch holes in for as far as their, their arguments for it, but I don't put a whole lot of stock into it. I mean, you know, what do you play four or five games last season? Had some good, had some bad, had some, you know, meh kind of in between. I, you know, I, I don't know much. I can't make a judgment really on, on Jalen hurts. I he's definitely not in the top half of quarterbacks, but I, I can't, I can't imagine he's 31 out of 32 going in. I, you know, uh Geez, what do they base that on? I mean, what is their criticism? Did they did they follow it up with any kind of uh, well, you information? know, the
2: accuracy is a concern. Fifty two okay. percent. Jody and I were talking. What what yeah. midling probably right now is sixty five. That's a right. big chasm. It is and from fifty two to sixty five. I think that's the biggest concern. The accuracy. Well, okay,
8: that's that's fair. Uh, but what was he working with too last year? I mean, yeah, you know, I they, that up. They had, uh, you know, they've upgraded their wide receivers uh, with the draft. Uh, their offensive line, I think, you know, was was in shambles last season uh, for various injuries, and it was like a, a revolving door of personnel. So I think some stability there will help him, uh, and it should bring up that number. Is he going to be a sixty-five percent completion guy? Maybe not. I don't know if that maybe, but if you can get him to sixty to sixty-two, that could be pretty good.
1: Yeah, he's got to get better than 52. That's yeah. for damn sure. All right, uh, Harry, I'm a, a Hertz fan. Mm-hmm. Um, if you listen to me here on 365, WIP, wherever else, I was one of very few who actually defended the Eagles for drafting him in the second round. I did so because I thought they needed an inexpensive and safety net backup in mm-hmm. case Carson Wentz got hurt. Sure enough, Carson Wentz stayed healthy all last year, but he stumped the joint out, which yeah. I didn't see coming. But I actually like the Hurts pick, and I like the kid as a potential starting quarterback. So when I go down this road, you know I'm playing devil's advocate here. Um, Let's say he's not good enough. Let's say whatever length it takes, all 16 games, kind of like this past year, get to week 14 or 15 and go, Oh, uh, we kind of owe Joe Flacco the way we owed Nate Sudfeld. Let's put him in there and let him Ooh. show his worth. For <laughs> the right, is. right. <laughs> Whatever it is, we come to the determination. He's not good enough. The Eagles have possibilities at the quarterback going forward. The draft picks that they have, the draft capitals that they have to potentially move up in the draft and or interest any other team that would be willing to trade a starting quarterback How much are the Eagles in good position? Is this being overstated that uh, if it's not Jalen Hurts, it's not an issue because they've got the draft cap. They've got three potential first round draft. Mm -hmm. They'll get another quarterback. It just sounds all easier said than done to me. Do you like the fact that the Eagles are going to have this one year tryout for Jalen Hurts? And then if it doesn't work, don't spread it. We'll get another quarterback.
8: Well, no, I I would rather still have, you know, Carson Wentz playing great and, you know, being the entrenched franchise quarterback the the way it was supposed to be. He wasn't supposed to react the way he reacted to uh, them drafting Jalen Hurts. And, you know, we've all uh, been through this for the last couple of months. Uh, That's gone. Okay, it's sort of like you know when I ripped McMullen yesterday. I ripped him yesterday. Now I move on. We have to move (laughs) on with Jalen Hurts. Got to turn the page, right? We got to turn the page and give him a shot. But if the if the season does devolve into something similar from of last year, and you end up with Flacco the final couple of games, I'm all for that because that might get us even further up in the draft with their own initial pick. Uh, But. Does that mean they're going to be able to draft a quarterback high up? Probably because Howie's a good maneuverer, uh, you know, and trader. And you know, if they if they've got the fifth pick and they need the third pick, he'll probably find a way to do it because uh, he's really good with that. But is Kevon Slovis going to be the answer if that's the kid they take out of USC? I've seen right. all these mock drafts. Evident, all the mock drafters do not believe in Jalen Hurts because they've all got him taking a quarterback Everybody's in the first round. a quarterback, right? Right, even the kid from Liberty, I love that. Right, well, he he did go to Auburn, yeah. So he does have some pedigree. Uh, But yeah, I saw that one too. Uh, So nobody's believing, at least the guys who who fill out these things. And again, that's that's sort of like the PFF list. It's like good stuff for us to talk about, uh, but is it really? You know, is there any kind of reality to it? Uh, We're not going to know for about another eleven months.
2: Well, Harry, you talk about the Mock Raptors. You're right. Whether it's Sam Howell. Uh, Spencer Rattler, Kedon right. Slovis, Malik Willis, on and on and on. Everybody's got the Eagles taking a quarterback, but now the people who covered the NFL, Diana Rossini being the latest, but it was Jason Lock and Fora first. It was uh, Peter King. Mm-hmm. Locally, it was Jeff McLean. I've said it myself. Nobody's shutting the door on Deshaun Watson. No. And there's a reason for that in this league.
8: Yeah. There's got to be – there's a lot of smoke and, you know, some very reputable names. You rattled them all off. Uh, This won't die. So I think, you know, having done this for for a few years, there's got to be something to it. And if if some – you know, all these legal hurdles, and I'm no lawyer, but he looks like he's in some pretty serious trouble uh, right now. And I don't know – does he get past that? Does he get past it this year, or is this something next year? Uh, I haven't. I haven't stopped thinking about Deshaun Watson. I mean, he's been one of my backdrops on the show, on the middle in the past because uh, he's a hell of a talented quarterback, and he doesn't want to be in Houston. Uh, that that is true. Uh, if they can find a way to get him out of here, in Miami has has some serious interest as well as the Eagles. I would not put it past Howie Roseman, Jeffrey Lurie, uh, you know, legal hurdles cleared, uh, make a move on him. I could see it.
1: Here's why I think that uh, the Deshaun Watson thing is being oversold. Um, I keep busting John Stones and any of the guests we have on. I can bust yours too. <laughs> about uh, Zach Ertz. Yeah. And the fact that another day is coming, and gone, and Zach Ertz is still an eagle, even though several media members here in town have had Zach Ertz. This is the week. Zach Ertz will be gone this week. They're, they're t- talking about a trade. It'll be done this <laughs> week. And Zach Ertz is still here. I get that we've got a date in the future that would be June 1st when salary cap ramifications uh, lighten lighten up that makes sense that the Eagles could act at that time. There's no real date here for Deshaun Watson. I guess Deshaun Watson, if he's desperate to play football this year, looks at the start of the season as that date. But the Texans are not pushed by it. No, They went out and got themselves a fill-in, hold down the fort, type quarterback to be their starter this year in Tyrod Taylor. They drafted a potential future quarterback in the drafts this, this year still. So they're not overly motivated. They want to get as much as they can in return for Deshaun Watson. And they'll let the timeframe play out as they think is best for them. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that they know what is best for them yet. So I don't think there's this circle the date on the calendar type day that you can say, all right, as of this day, now it becomes more doable. Now it makes more sense. I think the Texans are not all that put out of uh, bent out of shape mm-hmm. that this upcoming season is going to be bad. They know they've got their own draft pick back this year and they can go get that quarterback, the the Sam Howells of the world, the uh, Kedon Slovises of the world. So I don't think they're worried about how many games they win this year. That's why I don't think that Sean Watson is happening anytime soon. Yeah,
8: probably not anytime soon because there's also that looming uh idea of a commissioner's exempt list too, which could prohibit him from playing football uh for at least, you know, eight games, six games, whatever whatever it ends up being or the entire season. But between now and next year's draft, if the Eagles actuate the third first round picks, they have a lot of ammunition. And could yeah. give you know two of those easily to the Houston Texans and find their next franchise quarterback.
2: All right, Harry, I'm going to give you a hypothetical. Jody likes hypotheticals, so do I. So I'm going to give you one. All right, Deshaun Watson is suspended for six games. The Ezekiel Elliott suspension. So there's no commissioner's exemplist. list. The mm-hmm. Texans aren't off the hook, uh, other than the the suspension. Would the Eagles make a deal under that circumstance knowing he would be there week seven? Mm-hmm. Uh, Would would they go, if you have that certainty, is mm-hmm. that enough? Jeffrey Lurie's proven. People talk about Mike Bick, but you can go to Riley Cooper. You can go to last year with Deshaun Jackson oh, yeah. and yeah. the anti-Semitic stuff. He's been a second-chance guy. Yep. Does he say, that's enough for me, let's go
8: get this guy? I, I think – I think there's a strong possibility that that would happen. Yeah, I do. Uh, and maybe you got to go get uh, his own personal masseuse. I, heard, I saw that the Ohio State, <laughs> yeah, there, was, yeah. there was a certain masseuse that was yeah. offering services to the Ohio State football players that included more than just a massage. So maybe you hire her and bring her in as an That's, in-house masseuse yes. that travels with Deshaun yes. everywhere he goes to keep him on the straight and narrow. There's
2: got to be an addendum
8: to the contract, right? About right.
1: The <laughs> exactly.
8: You got you to cut it to one massage. I've never had a massage. Are you? Yeah. Are you guys big massage guys? I've, one, I've had one my whole life. I have,
1: one.
2: Yeah, I've, I've had. I think two. I, I'm going to say, but. I'm very
8: uncomfortable. Yeah, A lot me too. Of anxiety.
2: Like it's supposed to relax you. Yeah. It's tremendous
8: anxiety. For me. I can't imagine yeah. it being very relaxing. My, yeah. my honeymoon. That was it. One, <laughs>
1: because it came as part of the package. I had prepaid for it. Yeah. So I said, exactly. I might as exactly. well have it done here. So I did. Uh, and this Ohio State guy, you're not going to tell me Justin Fields is going to be tied to this, is he? No, did I don't. Did he I, get I, the Massage Plus? No. I don't know. He's my guy. I'm rooting for him for the Bears this year. I, I
8: know, and I like him a lot, too. Maybe uh, that was the red flag, Jody. Maybe oh, that's why we was
1: off the Eagles. I know. All right, oh, now, yeah. man.
8: But I got to know, Jody, was there a heart-shaped tub included in the yeah. package <laughs> that you purchased for the honeymoon? Uh,
1: uh, yeah. No such luck, and if there was, I, yeah, you know, I'd admit to it. I'd right. admit to you yeah, off the air, Harry, but I am right into it on the air even if we're on the air what is this this is it youtube anyway? yes yeah um yeah. you
2: could say what you want here <laughs> that,
1: that, that, as back i to often the
2: birds, say sean uh, Watson is a fuck you player chody knows what oh, that oh
8: yeah i know that's part of your vernacular on yes. the birds 365 yeah. the fu player i yes. love that
1: a, a very well-known john McMullen expression yeah um uh, F- Speaking of FU, uh, I believe that Devontae Smith is going to say that to all his critics this upcoming mm-hmm. year. Those who's, uh, 166 pounds. I can draft the guy's 166 pounds. He yeah. was 166 pounds when he won the Heisman Trophy in the SEC as Alabama won another championship. I've been saying FU to all his critics this offseason, and I love the fact that he landed here in Philadelphia. Everyone did get to see his very spindly legs up close and personal last week during rookie camp were you one of those guys who said yeah i don't know about 166 pound wide receiver in the national football league or do you believe he's going to continue his heisman activities in the national football league well it wasn't so much that
8: i you know i questioned his ability at the nfl level i did have a, a sort of a you know I, I i weighed the do you take him at 12 you know or take him at 10 which they ended up doing uh I I did look at that because, I, you know, 166 pounds, you know, getting off press coverage, finding, you know, they'll scheme him open. And I get all that. And he succeeded at the highest level. But there is a durability question that you have to you have to at least consider when it comes to playing in the NFL and suiting up for now, you know, uh, 17, 18 weeks. You know, is he availability is the greatest ability when it comes to. Uh, the NFL, your your man Bill Parcells used to always say things like that, Jody. So I My guy cont-
1: Bill Parcels Hold on. Wait a
8: minute. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you like you like Parcells when he was wearing green and white. Girl, no, 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 wait.
1: no. No, yeah. no, 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 no. Parcells no. and I never saw eye to eye. No, oh, is that right? No, 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 no. no. Lo- uh-huh. How do you not like Bill Parcells? Man? Yeah. All right. Do you need the, do you need the story? Yes. Do you have yeah. to have the story? Yes. All right. Let's wind back the clock to nineteen ninety. You're truly coming from New York, doing my first couple shows here in Philadelphia, hired to be the midday guy at WIP. Oh, I think I heard this, but go ahead. Okay, quickly then, I'll tell it. Uh, We got nothing but time here on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I was trying to be a young and aggressive individual. I thought it might be impressive just showing up from New York, get a job in Philadelphia. I had uh, been in press conference with Bill Parcells previously, knew the Giants PR guy, tried to work it out to get part, Phil Parts out to come out with me in the Philadelphia, my Philadelphia show, my first month on the air, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the PR guy gets back to me and says, oh, Jody, coach really apologizes. He wanted to come on with you, but he's got a standing policy that he never goes on shows in town when the Giants are going to be playing that team. It's just a rule that he has uh, put in place, and he never flies in the face of it. So he says, maybe later in the year, maybe after the season's over, he'll come on when he likes you. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, in other words, he answers no. Okay, fine. Thank you very much. So I'm driving over the bridge two days later uh, the Ben Franklin to drive into WIP, and I hear Tom Brookshire mentioned, and joining us tomorrow will be Coach Bill Parcells yeah, of the New York uh, Giants. It's always, it's always Wait personal. a minute. He yeah, it gave me this personal. spiel about he won't do the, the the town that the Eagles are coming into play. Yeah. In other words, Brookie's tight with Summerall. Summerall's tight with uh, Parcells. Yeah. And Parcells shows up on WIP. Not going to show up on the McDonald's show, but the Tom Brookshire yeah. show. No issue. We'll rewrite those rules. Yeah. So basically from that point on 1990 on. Yeah. Bill and I yeah. have never seen. No, yeah. Yeah. Now you, know
8: what, right. now, now, you know, personal. Right. Now, you know,
1: it is right yeah. now. You know what we
8: go through on a daily basis, trying to get guests on the middle and they're all coming on with you and McMullen.
2: Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> the bane of my existence, Harry. I got 17 jobs. I say my most difficult one is getting people to come poking on. Guess. the show. Poking, yeah. Poking guests. It's not and, easy. Yeah, and there's one guy who I badly want to get on and he gave me the runaround and I want to rip him publicly like Jody just did with Bill Parcells, but I'm still holding out hope he might come on so I can't do it yet. That's that's
8: painful. Oh, okay. So you're not going to out him yet. No, I'm not going to out okay. him yet. And right. I'm going to
1: out him. I burned the parcels, bridge. Yeah. You don't even have to try and go down that road. Jody right. Mack. He's okay. not coming on with us anytime no, soon but this, this time. is a big
2: name. This is a big name who gave me a bigger surgery. Bigger than Bill
1: Parcells?
2: Yeah, locally probably. Well, not okay. bigger nationally, but locally right. bigger. Right. Gave me a surgery excuse. That's a hint to you, Jody Mack. You probably uh,
8: I, I know where uh, you're going. Uh, going. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he knows where I'm going. All right.
2: Now we got derailed. I feel like Shanders.
8: Yeah, I know. I'm used to it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm used to it.
2: All right. Get it back to the Eagles. We'll right. close it out with Nick Sirianni. We've talked a lot, Harry. Your, mm-hmm. your, your thoughts. Energetic guy. Loves ball. Rock, paper, scissors. Can this work in a modern environment? Is it too high schoolish?
8: you know the the, the rah stuff uh, which is I like to call it kind of w- would wear thin on me. I think if I was in a in a locker room I'd be like, you know get, get a little of this you know you're gonna have to do something else to really get me to buy in you know give me a good sound offensive philosophy or something else that I can really sort of sink my teeth into i'm not I'm not into the uh, you know rock paper scissors and all this you know super high excitement like he's you know just drank like you know six cap you know uh espressos out of uh you know starbucks or something this guy's yeah. off off the chain mo- you know fired up and motivated and that's great um but i'm just i'm just going to go into it with an open mind and i want to see what this guy does as far as you know his philosophy on football How, you know is is it going to be what we saw in, in you know with the indianapolis colts if if it is you know and it turns out that way that's pretty good that's a pretty good team i'll take that Oh, with well, the competition stuff. I forgot that. that oh, as well. yeah. Yeah. But Jody well,
2: and I dipper a little bit. I'm like, come on. Fletcher there's a Cox, lot of
8: positions that yeah. are not competitive right now on yeah. this roster. And we get the that, best. That's, that's a lot of coach right, speak. Yeah, I get it.
1: What, 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 what do you want him to do? Bench one of the guys that uh, you have already penciled in and as, as an unquestionable well, starter. Well, show
2: me there's competition, and I'm not even talking about Fletcher Cox, I'm talking about Eric Wilson's of the world. He's not even competing. Uh, you know, there's certain guys we know that that are entrenched. You know, mm-hmm. Lane, Brandon Brooks, if he's healthy, Jason Kelsey, Cox. Those guys are Pro Bowl, Brandon Grant, Pro Bowl level players. Yeah. I'm talking about guys like Eric Wilson and Isaac Sayamalo and uh, yeah. Jalen Rager. There's no competition. What about the quarterback?
8: There's no competition no, there, is there? No, there's no competition. I mean, no. I know Joe Flacco might have other – Ideas, but come on, if if that's competition and he gets beat out, we got serious problems.
1: I watched Flacco play for my Jets last year; not as bad as everyone expected. Yeah, yeah, better days behind him. Jalen
2: Hurts' only competition is in Houston
1: right now. Mm. That's it. That's the
2: only competition okay. he's got. Or
1: <laughs> in Chapel Hill. Or in right, or yeah. Sam uh, UCLA. He's yeah. probably in a de-
2: deposition, actually. Yeah. His comp- his competition. It's probably in a deposition. He's with an, an attorney right, right now.
1: Yeah. On right. yeah. <laughs> golf score on Deshaun Watson. Yeah. All right. So uh coming into this upcoming season, Harry, the Eagles finished last in the NFC East this past year. Mm-hmm. uh that for that they did get the highest draft pick and they spun it trade down trade back up but they did uh have the highest draft pick are you placing them in last i know we've got a lot to do and yeah. uh we know the eagles answered their cornerback position with the major acquisition yesterday but there may even be more moves to be made between now and the uh regular season and there could be injuries to the other teams in this division but uh we ask you today in a vacuum right where are the Eagles going to finish in the NFC at least this year?
8: I think it's uh, between them and the New York football giants uh, battling for the seller. And I, I think that could be, because I, I like Washington's uh, defense a lot. And I think, uh, you know, if Fitzmagic magic can stay vertical for, uh, for 17 games, you know, he can throw it to the other team's Jersey on occasion, but I, I like him as a stopgap uh, quarterback for them. They've upgraded their offense, their offensive line. I think they're pretty good. I think they're better, and I like Dallas as long as Dak can come back from that that injury, uh, you know, sooner than later. I think it's advantageous for the Birds to play Dallas early in the season because I don't know, you know, what Dak is going to be like. Is you know play, he could play, might not be a hundred percent. So I think that's advantageous. But I think Dallas's roster is really good too. It's between the Giants and the Eagles for like a seven and ten finish.
2: All right, last one from me, Harry, and everybody listen to The Middle with Harry Aton. Brent, is Barrett going to be there? I almost said oh, yeah.
8: yeah, Is he going to be there today? Oh, he's That's there. Good. Yep, Barrett comes every day unless he's got a golf outing to go to. <laughs> oh, yeah. He
2: had NFL alumni. Did he, did he go to the NFL alumni one this week?
8: He did not. That was scheduled for this past Monday. And yeah. we were – because, see, Barrett, I don't know if Barrett really knows his schedule until, like, two days before. Yeah. Because he lets us know Friday that he's not going to be there this this past Monday. Oh yeah, I got the NFL uh, golfing. We're like, why are you letting us know now? We could have done the show from down there. So then we get on him about it, oh, yeah. and and he's and then he feels bad. So he tried <laughs> to get the sh- he tried to get the show there on Monday. It was down at Running Deer, one of Jaws's uh, nice golf courses, and apparently that didn't happen because they had some other radio representation there. So we were out. So Barrett didn't go. Because we couldn't do the show there. So how about that for a team oh player? wow? Yeah. 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 That is impressive. It is impressive.
2: Uh, that <laughs> now, how much are you going to be able to get through the middle with no mini camp? Can you guys put together uh, a
8: couple hours with no mini? I don't know, man. It's really really <laughs> tough because you get so much, you know, from that what 10-12 <laughs> minutes the media gets to watch yeah. you know the players run around in their shorts and so forth. Yeah, we, we never really got a whole lot out of minicamp. Yeah. We tried, but in the past, so I, I know better the, to go somewhere else. I'm hoping this Sixers team gives us a lot of entertainment over the next couple months and takes us into early July.
1: I was going to say that, Harry, uh, not too shabby, seeing as the Sixers are going to the NBA Finals. Right. There is something for you to tap into. No doubt. We've got non-minicamp stories here on Birds 365, <laughs> but at least you do have a basketball team. Yeah. And, and I think the fan base in this town needs to kind of jump on this Sixer train. I agree. Because the Eagles are going to be below 500, and the Phillies are a 500 team, and the Flyers were massively disappointing wow. this year. You, you you want to have something to sink your teeth into fan wise. Better get on that sixer bandwagon because I think they're going to the NBA final.
8: Yeah, I think oh. so too. I really do. I think they're they're definitely in the Eastern Conference final. They got a they got a freeway to the Eastern Conference Finals with the way the the uh standing's set up. But I, I agree with you. They play to their potential and Ben Simmons and and Embiid can stay healthy throughout. I think they're gonna be playing in early July against the team from the West.
1: Eight, we eight, need eight, a eight. good run. Yep. I'll tell you that. We need it. For uh, Harry's sake, on the middle of my sake, at night, uh, yeah. for our sake, you were good enough to hop on board with us today. Send our regards to Shander. We just talked to him yesterday, but make sure you tell him hi. We said hi. Tell Barrett uh, no more golfing for him. Can you yeah. golf at all? Have you ever played with Barrett? I
8: played with Barrett.
1: Barrett, you know, Barrett, uh, Barrett
8: is a he likes to just hit it as far as he can hit it and not really care about where it's going. Is, okay. he, is he a big yeah. hitter? he has got to be. Oh, he's. Oh, yeah. I mean, he can. Right. When he gets a hold of one. It's. It's gonna go. Yeah. Yeah. It right. could go left, but it's gonna go.
1: <laughs> it's gonna go. <laughs> May never be seen again, but right. it's gonna go. Right. Right. Uh, well, he will be seen again coming up later today on the middle. You'll be seen again here with us. We're gonna bring him back again. That's a given. Harry May, thank you much for coming on with us today.
8: Anytime, guys. Love the show.
1: H right, May here with us on birds 365 all right coming back uh johnny and i put a bow on the show wrap this bad boy up uh don't go anywhere mcmullen and mcdonald right back on birds 365
3: if you missed any of today's show on the jacob media channel listen to the podcast on your way home available on youtube apple and spotify
4: your vacation, your way.
6: On the field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you.
1: Go, three. One, two, three. Because
6: Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
0: The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org.
4: In the wildwoods, our free beaches are spacious and welcoming with plenty of room to spread out. Your seat will be waiting for you. When you're ready to visit the Wildwoods, creating cherished family memories for generations. Jody Mack, the legendary sports talker,
5: joins forces with NFL insider John McMullen. Start your morning with Johnny Mack and Jody Mack across the Jacob Media Network.
1: Down the home stretch we come here on Birds 365, your Mac and Mac guys. All right, not much time left. A couple of pieces of business we need to take care of. First of all, thanks to Martin Frank and Harry Mays for on board as guests today. We've got a tentative scheduling tomorrow, right, Johnny Mac? That we believe we got a chance to get an extra. Eagle players, yeah. Big run
2: tomorrow. run stopping day. We're gonna we're gonna talk with Hollis Thomas hopefully in 20 Uh
1: so I think it's coming together. Sander, so
2: by the way, email Hollis and make sure
1: he's a go. I have done shows with Hollis Thomas on the radio. Always fun. Anytime you get with Hollis. Now much like you pimped Aton uh, earlier, and uh, our our bad, we got kind of got off track with that Bill Parcells story. You led me down that primrose path, and I start telling it. Oh, all you gotta do is uh, ask Hollis to tell a story, and we can cover twenty minutes because Hollis has got more stories than a library. Uh, so you want to be tuned for that tomorrow and see how that works itself out. Um, but, uh, again, not a hundred percent locked in. That's one of the issues with Hollis. You think you're going to have Hollis and then you don't necessarily have Hollis. So we'll find out tomorrow. If we do have Hollis, here's one other thing I do want to do on a show tomorrow, John, and I'm giving you 22 hours to prep for this. Ooh. You and I are in slight disagreement over the talents, the proficiency level, the upcoming projection for this year and or years to come. Of one particular Eagle wide receiver by the name of Greg Ward, uh, apparently I'm a bigger fan than you are. I think your quote yesterday was, "You don't ever need to see Greg Ward again." Uh, I'm surely not. No, I say don't that. want him. I I don't want him killed. I don't want him whacked. Is that
2: what we're saying? I like no, Greg Ward no,
1: no. on the field with the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. I believe you said if you never saw Greg Ward again, you would be okay with that. If I'm if I'm misquoting you, please correct me. I if-
2: believe I said. You're, you're not good enough if Greg is on the field. I think it was nicer.
1: I think it was phrased uh, uh, okay. nicer. If if I have misconstrued your stance in any way, shape, or form, huh. I apologize. I
2: definitely, to I definitely didn't ask to have him whacked. I did. I,
1: did, I definitely didn't ask that. I, I I didn't mean to suggest that that's what you had said but I thought that you had said you don't need to see him on the football field anymore, catching balls from the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, I'm still a fan. I still think he's going to be good. I think he's going to be in the slot more than anybody else for the Philadelphia Eagles this upcoming Mm. year. Mm. And Mm. I think his numbers can actually get better than Mm. they were. I actually think he'll be a better fit with uh, the current Eagle quarterback than the previous Eagle quarterback. So I'm looking for big things out of Greg Ward. Which, by the way, I kind of, damn, we got a lot of things that we didn't get in today um, that I did want to ask about. But uh, again, we'll save that for tomorrow now. Uh, Khalil Tate, is Khalil he still, Tate. Yeah, he's he's still, still on the Eagle
2: roster, huh?
8: Yeah. Well,
1: uh-huh. he
2: was on, he was on, he was off, he was on. Former Arizona qu- quarterback trying to make the transition. Uh, to NFL slot receiver, similar to Greg Ward. Who Much was like Greg Ward. Did. And I yeah. like
1: Khalil Tate. I thought he was going to have a chance to be one of those kind of offbeat yeah. backup quarterbacks in the National Football League. And uh, he, like Greg Ward, said, no, no, no. Somebody whispered in my ear, if I want to be in the league, i got to be a quarterback. I'm not going to be a uh, wide receiver. I'm not going to be yeah. a quarterback. I hope Khalil Tate doesn't steal time from uh, Mr. Ward because – There is a player on another team in the National Football League that I think this season can be the major step up for the Eagles slot wide receiver that he can equate to this player. One of the better, I would call him slot wide receivers in the National Football League. 22 hours to figure out who you think I'm referring to. A guy who is already in the league, has the job, has performed. But I think if Ward steps up, which I think he can, he can become this type player for the Philadelphia Eagles for another slot guy who's doing it out there for a different team. In well, area. judging
2: by you, I was going to go Wes Welker. You know, great.
1: He's not in the league, but current guy. Yes, yeah, I think I he can be Wes Welker. That's very good. Thanks for uh, filling in <laughs> the blank for me. No, he can on. be Wes Welker like, but Wes Welker is no Here, longer in the one league. Thing no, this guy, and- this guy's still in the league. Well, I I can
2: tell you this 100%, Jody, 100% with confidence. That is not the Eagles' plan. Now, hopefully, I root for every player. People might be shocked by this. I root for everybody to have success. There's no reason not to. It makes things easier for me uh, if people have success. I can tell you with 100% certainty it is not the Eagles plan to have right, Greg. We're, the starting we're, slot
1: a, we're already past the get off the get the hell off the yeah. airport, but now I gotta follow up with a question. How do we even know that? The Eagles <laughs> coaches have not had a chance to there's coach. There is something, Ward there's, something uh,
2: there's something known in our business as a reporter and journalism as off the record stuff. They do not want Greg Ward to be the starting slot
1: receiver. Who who can you be getting off the? You got Nick Sirianni's home phone number. You got his cell. He giving you stuff off the record already. The Nick Sirianni, he's the head coach, right? He's going to be the offense corner. He's already buried Greg Ward. How is Nick Sirianni nobody, done that? Nobody.
2: Nobody. That is a wrong way to take it. Nobody buries anyone. It's there's just an acknowledgement that they have to get better at certain positions. That's okay. how
1: I... I... I don't disagree with that, and I believe Greg Board can do that himself. I think he's up in his game. I think he's going to be... I a... think you
2: should focus on... I'm going to I'm gonna point you in the right direction. Uh-huh. I think you should focus on Jalen Rager in the slot and trying to find that Travis Fulgham, J.J.
1: Ortega-Whiteside type presence.
2: Okay. That's where
1: I think you should be looking. Um... I'll just leave it at that. Uh, well, this is to be continued tomorrow. We'll talk more about the wide receiver position. Um, and hopefully Hollis Thomas will join us. You got to come back here tomorrow in 22 hours to see what the Mac and Mac guys have in store with you. Have yourself a good night. Be back tomorrow for birds 365.
3: If you missed any of today's show on the Jacob media channel, listen to the podcast on your way home available on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify.